This is the Hockey News Podcast. Welcome to the Prospect Podcast. I am Ryan Kennedy. It's been a long time, so thanks for joining us once again. And as per tradition, I'm going to start off with three prospects that are catching my eye lately. I'm going to start off with a draft-eligible prospect for the 2022 NHL Draft, and that's Alexander Paravalov, uh, the left winger with Moko in Russia, playing in the junior squad, squad there. 34 points in 24 games. He's one of the top scorers in Russia's junior circuit. Very talented player, obviously very skilled. I'm, I'm really interested watching him. Sometimes it's hard to see how fast he actually is, but he's so good with the puck and he's so good at creating offensive opportunities that obviously it's not a problem for him. Speaking of offense, uh, another draft eligible player this season who's doing very well is Matt Savoy with the Winnipeg Ice of the WHL. Savoy, of course, last year played in Dubuque of the USHL just because he wanted to get a full season in, and the WHL only did that 24-game schedule. Savoy was a huge driver for the Fighting Saints last season, and he's continued that on now that he's back in Winnipeg. What I like about Savoy is, yes, he's a little undersized, but obviously he gets results, and he has a tenacity to him. I actually spoke to a scout last year about how he was doing in Dubuque, and he said, this is the sort of kid that you know, he'll go into the corner, and he'll get bloodied, and he'll pop right back up, and he'll get back into the play and try to make something happen. So nice to see that sort of tenacity in a player who also has a high amount of skill. Final player I'm going to mention uh, here is a drafted player, and this is uh, going to be good news to the ears of Detroit Red Wings fans, Simon Edmondson, uh, the defenseman who was taken in the first round by the Red Wings last year. A player that I thought could have gone as high as number two based on his projection, but obviously fell a little further. And uh, he's been awesome for Frolunda in Sweden right now in the SHL. Nine points in 16 games. Uh, that puts him as one of the top scorers amongst junior-aged players that are playing in the SHL, which is obviously the best league in Sweden. Edmondson, I mean, he's got kind of everything you want in a defenseman. He's got size. He's got mobility. He's got good two-way play. And what we're seeing now is obviously the confidence he got last year, more so near the end of the season when he was loaned out to the second tier Alston's gone, it's really coming to the fore. And, you know, this was a guy that, you know, talking to Frolunda execs last year, they were saying, look, I mean, he just needs to get stronger. And once he's done, I mean, he's going to be amazing. So we're starting to see that where he can compete against men, he can get results. And I think it's going to be very exciting to see him at the World Juniors this year with Sweden because we know he's a competitive guy and he has a lot of skill. So those are the three players that have been on my mind lately. Now we're going to get to your viewer questions. Steven, hit me with the questions. Well, first off, Kitchener for the uh, CHL Top Prospects game. Yes, like uh, it's going to be very February 2nd. Kitchener is going to host that. And you know what? It's going to be fun to see everybody all in the same place and particularly for CHL prospects, and I would say especially for the OHL prospects, this is huge for scouts because we haven't seen full seasons for CHL prospects last year. There's been a carryover. And, you know, the OHL, it's been kind of a weird season so far. And I think the more competition that these kids can get and, you know, sort of going best on best, 
in this top prospects game, I think it's really going to open some eyes for players who can sort of rise to the occasion because scouts are still trying to get a book on who these kids are. Usually they know them from their underage years. Obviously that wasn't possible because the OHL canceled its season last year. So Kitchener, it's a, a great barn, uh, recently renovated, so it's old school, but it's also still got uh, some new amenities and, and new seating. Uh, so, yeah, it'll be a fun one. And I can drive there, which I always appreciate. Hamilton wasn't bad either, so that's kind of nice. Exactly. I can drive to Hamilton easily, so I was fine with that. But if you've never been to Hamilton's media box, it almost looks like you're on a fallout the whole time because they built it pretty much as an afterthought. They kind of forgot about it. So, yeah. All right. First question comes from Peter Reynolds, not the prospect. Not uh, is Bedard a realistic world junior championship target for Canada. Will he make the team or just go to training camp? Of course, Shane Wright last year, he was underage. He went there. Um, I don't think uh, I didn't expect him to make the team. I kind of expect him just to go for the training camp portion mm-hmm. of it. And uh, he didn't end up making the team. So what are your thoughts on Bedard? Well, I, I kind of think he is uh, sort of a year behind Shane Wright in that respect where, you know, talking to people with Hockey Canada, they really did like Shane Wright's camp uh, at the World Juniors last year. But it was a lot about getting experience for him. And obviously Shane Wright went on to captain the world under 18 team, that same world under 18 team that Connor Bedard absolutely ripped it up with uh, as did Shane Wright. I think Bedard has to go to camp. I, I certainly don't think he's a lock at this point, even though he is such a phenomenal talent. I think he gets points for being on that U18 team. Um, I think anybody that was on that world under 18 team gets a little bit of a leg up on some of the other competition. Um, but with Bedard, you know, he's he's been good this season, but he hasn't blown the doors off offensively um, the way maybe some of us expected just based on how he ended last season. But, of course, he is so young. He is so talented. He doesn't really have anybody to play with uh, in Regina right now. So I think he does need to go to camp. I think that, you know, depending on how many NHL what I would call sort of tweener players are available to the team. Like does Cole Sillinger go or is just Columbus keeping is Quentin Byfield healthy and does LA send him? What about Seth Jarvis? There's a lot of forwards that are in that camp right now that could stick in the NHL or could be loaned out to the team. So I think that's going to be a pretty big factor uh, with Connor Bedard, but I definitely think he gets invited to camp because at the least, Team Canada would want him to get that experience. And of course, heading into this year's world under 18s, assuming the Pats don't make a, a, a long playoff run or, you know, I, at this point, I think you have to ask, you know, do they make the playoffs? Um, Connor Bedard would be available to them for that tournament as well. So I would say that it's definitely up in the air, but I think he'll get a shot. Sticking with Team Canada, RTVB22 asks, is there someone that has really risen up the ranks to become a dark horse player on Canada's world junior team? Yeah, I think there's a couple of options here that are pretty interesting. The first one that comes to mind is Jack Thompson, the defenseman with the Sudbury Wolves of the OHL. Uh, he got off to an absolutely awesome start and uh, he was shooting the puck a lot. He was getting it through, uh, putting up nice points. He's got some decent size to him. So he's on team Canada's radar and that defense core is going to be very interesting because Caden Gooley is the only returning player eligible from last year's squad. And then, you know, the other sort of lock, I would say, is Owen Power, who probably would have been on last year's team if they didn't have that extended training camp, which would have robbed him of 
basically the entire first half of his freshman year with Michigan. So he did not go. But, you know, outside of Power and Gooley, I think there's a lot of different players who could kind of stake a claim to a spot on the defense core. I think Jack Thompson is one of them. Um, A couple of other names I'll mention, you know, another one for the defense core to keep in mind is Donovan Sabrango, uh, who's actually playing in Grand Rapids with the AHL's Griffins right now. He's a Detroit Red Wings pick. And because of his AHL experience last year, he's able to stay there this season. You know, he gives you a different look, more of a defensive guy, but he is on the radar. And that's probably somebody that a lot of folks might not be thinking about just because he's in the AHL versus playing major junior right now. Um, And the last player I'll mention, I'm not sure if you can call him a dark horse because he is leading the QMJHL in scoring, but Xavier Borgo, uh, the Edmonton Oilers pick with Shawinigan, I think he's really put himself on the radar to get a, a spot on Team Canada just because of how well he's played. But also a key element here is, you know, one of the questions about Borgo last season was, you know, can he produce and play at a high level if he's not with Maverick Bork, uh, you know, the Dallas Stars pick, who uh, obviously an excellent center uh, was showing in as well. Maverick Bork has been hurt this year. So Burgo has been doing this all without uh, his favorite line mate. And that speaks very well to sort of the maturation and the growth in Borgo's game. So the fact that he can put up good numbers on the wing and, and still be that guy uh, with the added pressure of, of Bork not being on the ice really helps Borgo. So uh, again, it depends on how many NHL sort of tweener guys um, are loaned out to the team. But I think Borgo has a pretty excellent chance of being a, a scoring line winger just based on how he's played this year. I think our final question on the World Juniors uh, from Sonny, do you have an early World Junior Championship tournament favorite? Yeah, I mean, I I kind of default to Canada most years because they're usually the deepest squad and they have that formula. All sort of Canadian international teams have that formula of being fast, of being you know hard on the puck, playing 200-foot game. It tends to be very successful for them. And you know I think Sebastian Cosa is going to be their net minder personally, uh, and he gives you everything you need in a net minder right now at the junior level. So Canada is kind of an obvious favorite because they could be very stacked. It just depends on who those players are, um, you know, whether it's Quentin Byfield, whether it's Shane Wright, you know, whether it's uh, any number of other players that have been fantastic in either the junior ranks or the NHL, they're going to be loaded. Uh, but a team that I'm, I'm kind of keeping an eye on, um, you know, they've always been in the mix lately is Finland. You know, I think Team USA is going to be really good. I think Russia is going to be pretty good uh, if they can get on the same page as their coach, uh, Oleg Bratash, uh, who is taking over for Igor Larionov. Um, you know, Sweden obviously will be good. We, we, we always sort of have those teams in the mix. But with Finland, you know, we used to joke that they would like win the gold medal and then like bomb the next tournament and then win the gold medal. But, you know, they've been a lot more consistent lately, whether it's uh, making the gold medal game or at least being in the semifinal and playing for bronze or winning bronze. So I think that, you know, Finland has kind of found their level right at the top there. And, you know, they'll have Joel Blomquist in net, the Pittsburgh Penguins prospect. They have, I think, five returning defensemen eligible from last year's squad, including Toby Niemela, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs pick, who was so good uh, last season internationally. Uh, they have a lot of forwards that are available to them, including 
um, Hellenius and Ronnie Hervin in. Uh, so they're pretty deep there. And keep in mind, Aturati did not play for the team last year, but he's off to a great start. Uh, the New York Islanders snapped him up in the draft in the, in the second round. Uh, but he's got four points in two games for Euchre uh, since being moved uh, in the Finnish Liga. So I'm going to keep my eye out on Finland because I think this might be one of the years where they can really put it together because they are going to be so experienced and they're going to have some pretty decent depth. This one's from 98 from YouTube. Outside of the two stars in Detroit, who else are you liking for the Calder Trophy? Yeah, so obviously Moritz Sider and Lucas Raymond are playing fantastic for the Red Wings, and they would be the front runners right now. Um, two other players I'm looking at. Uh, first is Dawson Mercer in New Jersey. And, you know, it's, it's not just about the points, although he does have 11 and 14 games, so he is one of the, the leading rookie scorers in the NHL. But he's just such an easy player to like because he's got that great motor. He's going to do whatever you ask of him. Also of note is... 10 of his 11 points are even strength. So, you know, this is not a kid that just got a plum spot on the power play and is, is getting some early uh, love there. This is a kid that's earning every, pretty much everything five on five, uh, which is pretty impressive. And, you know, the other name I'll mention is Bowen Byram. And I know there have been some, you know, some injury problems. Uh, but, you know, if you look at his, his results, eight points in 11 games, he's playing nearly 20 minutes a night. Not quite there, but pretty close. Um, you know, Colorado... I think by the end of the season, once they get healthy, we're going to see them as one of the, you know, the, the better contenders in the NHL for the Stanley Cup. Byram has really started to put a stamp on his role with the Avs. And the longer the season goes on, the more he can get comfortable. And again, as long as he can stay healthy, um, you know, we knew he was going to be a great NHLer just based on you know, the projection of his skills and, and, and what a great junior career he had. But the fact that he's actually producing results uh, as a blue liner on a team where they've got some pretty good blue liners ahead of him, uh, especially in the offensive department, I think bodes really well for him. All right. Next question comes from Henry OST. I'm assuming that stands for uh, original soundtrack, like in the movie. Amazing. Um, are you worried about Brad Lambert's season? I know a lot of people, including myself and picked him to be a top three prospect this year, but at least on a lot of rankings, he's not in the top three. Yeah. And you know, it's tough because he was so good so early that expectations were very heightened, but like Ratty and, and yeah, like, like Ratty. And, you know, there was, an, you know, there's some international duty that uh, Lambert was recently snubbed for in Finland, much like Atu Ratti last year, but I feel like we got to sort of pump the brakes here and say, okay, let's, let's hold off and, and look at what this kid is accomplishing right now. Sure. He's not putting up crazy numbers and he is getting overshadowed by Joachim Kamel, who has been shooting the lights out in Finland as one of the best scorers period in, in the Liga. But Lambert has four points in 13 games. And for a teenager in the Liga, that's not bad. You know, I mean, you look at some of the other players um, that we're talking about, like Uri Slavkovsky, who's playing for TPS in Finland. Uh, you know, he's a, a fantastic prospect. You know, I have him as sort of a top three, top four guy now. I mean, he's not putting up big numbers, but, you know, you say, OK, well, he's a, a teenager playing against men and we see the projection and we like these skills. So for me, I think 
you know, if Lambert can keep just chipping away, uh, I would love to see him at the World Juniors. I hope he doesn't get snubbed because of the slow start. Uh, I hope at least they give him a shot. You know, I thought he was pretty good at last year's tournament, which helps. But he does feel like that sort of player where if you pass on him, uh, you might be disappointed in yourself a few years down the line when he's lighting it up and you said, oh, man, like maybe we rushed to judgment too fast because of the slow start he had. This one comes from Fast and Rod. I like that name. It just sounds like a car part. Mm -hmm. Um is Owen Power coming along as hoped? Will he be an NHL star? Yeah, I would actually say, you know, he might be a little bit uh, ahead of the curve at this point. And, you know, when a player does not go straight from the draft to the NHL, it's it's almost an anomaly these days. Uh, I think Eric Johnson was the last one that didn't. And again, you had a defenseman heading, to, you know, on the NCAA track, obviously because of Power's late birthday. He was a freshman at Michigan last year before the Buffalo Sabres drafted him. But you know, it's funny. I, I spoke to Power recently. I spoke to Coach Mel Pearson at Michigan recently and his teammate, Matty Beniers. And, you know, the growth they've all seen in Power has been fantastic, especially on the offensive side where he is one of Michigan's top scorers right now. And he's doing it, obviously, as a defenseman. This is a player that right now is filling in the details and getting a lot more comfortable. Um, you know, he's a lot more vocal on the bench now than he was even last season. So, you know, he's, he's starting to find his voice. And those raw tools that we already knew he had are not going away. He's still really mobile. He's still, you know, nearly six foot six tall. I guess he's probably six five in that range. Um, and he's putting up a lot of points and he's still good in his own end. So he's putting it all together. This is a player that, you know, he probably could have gone to the NHL this season based on how he played for Canada at the World Championship. Um, but I think it was a good move going back to Michigan because now he's not on. Now he's on the number one team in the nation uh, based on the polls. They're ten and two. They want to win a national title, and they've got the crew to do it. Yeah, they're young, but they're really deep. And if Power can get that sort of experience, I think that's fantastic. Heading into what will be his first NHL training camp next season with the Sabres. All right, pretty exciting. This one comes from, and this is not me mispronouncing a name. It's just, I don't think this is an actual name. Ashkajukagl. A-H-G-S-J-W-K-K. I don't know how to pronounce it. Not a word. Uh, okay. Who are the top goalies for this draft? Feels like an off year for the position. It's funny. You and I have talked about that before. We have. And it's funny because in researching this question, um, you know, I did a little bit of digging. I went back on some guys and heading into the season, you know, the first name that came to mind for me was Tyler Brennan from the Prince George Cougars of the WHL because, you know, he's late, late 03 birthday. So he had a bit of experience, has the size, and he was, you know, obviously going to get a good opportunity in Prince George. He started off really slow. So it's like, ah, maybe it's not Tyler Brennan. But his past five starts, he has two shutouts. And only really one bad game in that five-game stretch where he gave up five goals. Uh, but otherwise, he's been really solid. So his stats are actually pretty good right now. So I'm starting to circle back on Tyler Brennan and say, okay, well, maybe he's not a first-rounder. That's fine. But maybe he's an early second-rounder. And in years like this where there isn't an Andre Vasilevsky or a Spencer Knight or a Yaroslav Askarov, 
you don't necessarily see any goalies in the first round, but somebody always grabs one in the second, and then you get a little bit of a run because you always need goaltenders in your system. Um, so Brennan's starting to look interesting. If he can keep up this, uh, this consistency and uh, eliminate the sort of uh, the blowout games, then I think he's going to be a pretty good one. Also, I would say Tapias Leinanen uh, with JYP in Finland, he's putting up nice stats right now. And again, this is a kid that's got the size. Uh, he's 6'4", almost 6'5". And, you know, Finland has traditionally been a pretty good place for goalie development. Might have slowed down a bit in the past year or two. But I think uh, Leinanen, early on at least, is looking like one of those guys that you really keep an eye on and say, okay, well, maybe he is the Maybe he's sort of the front runner in Finland this year. The last name I'll mention is Jacob Oster, uh, playing for the Guelph Storm in the OHL. Um, again, this is a kid that we didn't know a lot about heading into the season, but he's already been goalie of the week once in the OHL, and he's getting some pretty good opportunities with the Storm. So Oster is another one of those players where you say, okay, maybe he's a second rounder because he's got good size. Maybe he's a third rounder, but he's a project worth investing in. So you know, compared to some of the recent goalie crops we've seen where, you know, last year, Sebastian Kosa and Jesper Wallstedt were both first rounders. Maybe we don't see that this year, but having said that, I'm starting to warm up to this class. Um, whereas even a couple of weeks ago, it's like, man, like, are there any good goalies? It's starting to turn around. So I had some height and weight to Sergei Ivanov and I'm happy there because he's a good he's a good goalie but he's like Matt Larkin height <laughs> nice Matt Larkin catching a stray can't even defend himself but yeah you make a good point I mean there's you know there's Havilid from Sweden as well where he's like 5'10 so you know these are goaltenders where you say okay you know you're probably good for your peer group and you know maybe you know, you're, you're a great junior goalie. Maybe you can do some damage internationally for a while, but ultimately it, it's a personal bias of mine where it's like, if you're not at least like six, one, six, two, I'm probably not going to go to bat for you because shooters are just too good right now. And if you can't cover all that net, eventually you're going to get burned. Your bias is why I, when I play NHL 22 and I make my own goalies, I make my goalies a little bit bigger than I would want. I want to be quicker, but I'll go with the size in that case. Final question. Riley H. Was sending Eklund to Sweden the right call for the Sharks? I think it was. Um, you know, he's going to get a great chance uh, to play a big role on Sweden's World Junior team. And, you know, with the Sharks, I mean, they, they're better at the gate than we expected. But this is a team that, you know, they're working on the long term now. And they've already got a decent amount of youngsters playing for them this season. Uh, you know, obviously Jonathan Dolan, a uh, bit of an older rookie, but playing very well. Jasper Weatherby, same deal coming out of the University of North Dakota, uh, where he's playing a role for them. I think it was good for Eklund to get a look at the NHL game, see what it's all about. Because keep in mind, this is a kid that has never played on North American ice uh, for any stretch of time so far. So for him to come over, get the lay of the land, just sort of see what it's like in that NHL pro dressing room. I think that's a good lesson when you send him back to Jurgen, you know, you, you get him some good minutes there in the SHL, get the world juniors. Um, I think, you know, we'll see him back here next season and, you know, hopefully he comes back with, uh, 
you know, even more confidence and, and more strength. Uh, you know, he certainly did a decent job with the Sharks in his tryout. But again, I think this is long term for the Sharks. And I, I think it's a, a good way to go because, you know, they're in a better, ex- better than expected spot right now. And the development that they've been doing with their players seems to be on a good track. All right, that's it. All right, excellent. Thank you for all your questions, folks. I'm Ryan Kennedy. Stephen Ellis is behind that hidden microphone. See you next time. I can feel-